welcome to the 511th episode of Travelitch Radio. I'm your host, Dan Schlossberg, along with co-host Mary Ellen Nugent-Lee, and we are in the 12th season of Travelitch Radio, the show that lets you enjoy the pleasures of travel from the comfort of your armchair. Every week at this time, we talk to people representing destinations, hotels, airlines, railroads, car rental companies, and others in the world of travel and hospitality, from authors and bloggers to broadcasters and publicists. If it's got anything to do with travel, it's got everything to do with Travel Itch Radio. And tonight, we proudly present Carl Whitehill, a good friend who is Vice President of Destination Gettysburg, Welcome, Carl, to Travelitch Radio. Thank you so much. It's great to talk to you both tonight. Well, thank you for doing this. You just wrapped up the 160th commemoration of the Battle of Gettysburg, the largest battle ever fought on U.S. soil, and it occurred July 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, 1863. What were some of the highlights of the reenactments on the battlefield and the celebrations in and around town? Yeah, the... It's hard to believe 160 years ago, you know, the battle swept through little old Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. But, uh, you know, we, we commemorate in a big way here. Our, you mentioned the reenactments. Um, the, those are usually held out on farms outside of Gettysburg, and you know, we get thousands of soldiers that recreate this and bring history to life every year. And it's an amazing thing to watch. And, you know, kids love it. Uh, adults love it. It's just it's, – it's a lot to – to take in and, and you really feel like you were there 160 years ago but there's you know there's tours around town there's there's all sorts of special programs that we do and one of the greatest things about Gettysburg is that it's not our only 160th anniversary in November we'll commemorate the 160th anniversary of Lincoln's Gettysburg address so we, we always get a second uh, um, you know take it these anniversaries and this is stuff that we do every year, though, so if folks didn't get a chance to come out to Gettysburg, they can come out next year or the year after and, and experience some of the same things. Why does Gettysburg continue to draw visitors from around the world to its hallowed ground as the turning point in the Civil War? You know, I, I really I think a lot of it has to do with Lincoln um, you know, coming, coming to Gettysburg and trying to unify the country after such a horrific war. And, and you know, our country was really divided at the time and, and it's something that I think resonates with people today because they see divisiveness they, they flock to Gettysburg uh, just to really see where history happened and, and you're right, people do come up from around the world it's such an amazing thing to have people from you know as far away as China and Australia to come to this small town and, and just to see what this epic battle was all about what are the ridges of Gettysburg, and what is your geographical significance in the battle? Yeah, you know, war uh, back in 1863 was all about terrain and elevation, and Gettysburg is a rolling countryside, and we have two ridges that, that were on both sides of the battle here, uh, Seminary Ridge, which is where the Confederates camped out and, and fought from, and then Cemetery Ridge, which is where the Union soldiers um, were and and they clashed. It was about there about a mile between these two ridges. Elevation was key during the battle, and so when you had these two armies going at each other, they tried to take control of the high ground, and that's something you saw um, throughout the Civil War. And you know some of these practices still exist today in warfare, um, and it's it, it's an interesting 
dynamic when you're able to stand out on top of one of these bridges in Gettysburg and, and see what these soldiers saw 160 years ago. Carl, what happened at the Devil's Den at the Battle of Gettysburg, and how did it get that name, and can visitors see the Devil's Den today? Yeah, De- Devil's Den is one of our most unique landmarks. It's an outcropping of rocks that um, just looks very strange in the in the farm fields here in Gettysburg, but uh, large boulders really played a big part in the battle where soldiers were able to position themselves and to um, attack the enemy from these different rock croppings. And Devil's Den got its name because it was a common area before the battle, and, and the legend, the local lore, was that a gigantic snake lived in there. So um, hence the name Devil's Den. And, yes, visitors can see Devil's Den. It was just rehabilitated last year, and uh, it's a really neat place to not only experience history but to, to let kids run around and enjoy uh, the, the countryside here in Gettysburg. Some historians believe General Robert E. Lee, who, by the way, is not related to Mary Ellen Nugent Lee and his army of Northern Virginia, might have won the Battle of Gettysburg if his orders had been obeyed. Can visitors see where Lee went wrong? Yeah, you know, the Battle of Gettysburg is full of you know, what if. You know, what if Lee did this? What if this army did this? And, and one of the biggest uh, what ifs is, the Pickett's Charge, which is on our third day of battle in Gettysburg, where 15,000 soldiers marched a mile across the, the farm and um, and lost in a very big way and really turned the tide of not only the Battle of Gettysburg but the entire Civil War. And so, you know, Lee's orders were misconstrued. There was a lot of miscommunication, and Lee apologized for that. He, he felt bad that he ordered those soldiers to their death and took ownership of that decision. And today, you're right, people can go out there and they can march the same plot of land that these soldiers fought, and they can see where Lee positioned himself and why he made that decision. Because I don't think it's as easy as uh, believing that that Lee um, was mistaken. I think that there's a lot to be said about the information he had at hand. And, And tours today of the Gettysburg Battlefield help tell that story. Everyone knows about the Gettysburg Address delivered by President Lincoln months after the battle. That two-minute speech that would forever live in the history books. What was the occasion for that stirring and memorable speech? So four and a half months after the Battle of Gettysburg, uh, it came time to bury some of these Union soldiers. Uh, It was a very gruesome place here in Gettysburg, and and a couple of the townspeople found a plot of Linda south of town and they started a national cemetery and and quite frankly they wanted Lincoln to to come here and say uh, a few appropriate remarks he was not the main speaker that day uh, and he accepted and he wrote the speech and started it at the White House finished it here in Gettysburg and he showed up that morning and after another man spoke for two hours the main speaker Lincoln spoke for two and a half minutes and it was his speech that the world remembers today, and I can run into uh, visitors from all around the world, uh, you know, as far as Asia and and uh, Africa, Australia, and they can recite the Gettysburg Address probably better than a lot of Americans because it's one of the things that they use to not only learn English but to learn about American history. And his speech is is remarkable. It's ten minutes long, or 
it's 10 sentences long, two minutes to read, um, but it was very impactful. And uh, I think that Gettysburg is known because of that speech. Um, he really brought a lot of significance to Gettysburg through those bars. Well, obviously, the Battle of Gettysburg has always been the main attraction for visitors, but there's a lesser-known presidential side to Gettysburg's story, too. Besides Lincoln, what other American presidents are connected to Gettysburg? Well, there's a few. Uh, one of the, the most famous being Dwight Eisenhower, his wife Mamie. Um, after the Battle of Gettysburg, many decades later, Gettysburg became a training ground for the military. And Dwight Eisenhower, as a young cadet, was here during World War One, learning uh, tank training. And so when he was here as a young man, he fell in love with this town. And he later, of course, we all know he went to uh, World War Two, became a uh, five-star general, and was very well known uh, in leading U.S. forces in, in World War Two. And when, when that came to an end, he wanted to settle here in Gettysburg because he loved the history here. He loved the, the landscape. And so his retirement home was just outside Gettysburg, uh, adjacent to the Gettysburg battlefield. And his home is open to visitors today as one of the presidential homes. And uh, people can see exactly how he lived. He hosted many world leaders here. He um, had cattle. He had a very much a working farm. Um, but one of the most interesting presidential stories, I think, is that of Kennedy. And for the 100th anniversary of the Battle of Gettysburg, which is 1963, Kennedy was invited here to help commemorate the anniversary of the Gettysburg Address in November 1963. And he turned it down because he had an engagement that he already promised in Dallas. And we all know what happened that, that week um, in Dallas. And, and had he made the decision to stay here in Gettysburg, I think our national history would have been different. But he's remembered with Gettysburg because his grave marker in Arlington is the same marker as one of our monuments here in Gettysburg, the Eternal Light Peace Memorial. And it was something that his wife remembered that he loved here. So um, Gettysburg lives forever in Kennedy. Uh, it's an interesting story. And uh, it's, it's something, yeah, you're right. We, we have ties to Lincoln, but it's also nice to be tied to other presidents as well. Who were some of the famous guests that the Eisenhowers entertained there? Oh, he, he, he entertained a lot of people. He liked to show off his farm. He was a gentleman farmer, meaning he, he uh, liked to, you know, walk around the farm, but he had a lot of farm workers. And he, uh, Winston Churchill, Charles de Gaulle, Nikita Khrushchev, Ronald Reagan. He liked to bring people out to his farm here in Gettysburg. And we're only about 75 miles from the White House. So it was really easy for Eisenhower to bring world leaders up to Gettysburg, show them a good time, have them stay the weekend, and then get back down to Washington. We're talking Gettysburg tonight with Carl Whitehill. Carl, it's very moving to walk in the footsteps of history at Gettysburg, but there are lots of other ways for people to explore the battlefield. Please share. Yeah, you're right. You know, we really pride ourselves on the, the number of ways that you can uh, dig into the history here in Gettysburg. And one of the neatest ways is by horseback. And we talked about General Lee and, and some of the best ways to 
experience not just what happened here in Gettysburg, but feel part of the, what the cavalry here fought um, when they were in Gettysburg. And so horseback riding is one of the best ways to tour the battlefield. But we have bicycle tours, bus tours. Um, we have uh, uh, Segway tours. So there's a lot of ways to to experience this history. And it all depends on, you know, how somebody would prefer to experience it. And Gettysburg is a town filled with stories to tell, from guided history tours examining the lives of key figures to spooky time ghost tours telling the tales of the dead. There's something for everyone. Can you tell us more? Yeah, the the, the ghost tours are an extraordinarily popular thing in Gettysburg. We're always listed as one of the top uh, haunted uh, destinations in the world. Uh, you can imagine with what happened here with 51,000 casualties in three days that, that there's some sort of um, paranormal power here in Gettysburg. And our visitors really enjoy that. But they also enjoy walking around town and learning about these civilians, the townspeople that endured uh, 170,000 soldiers who fought the largest battle of the continent. And you can imagine the the couple hundred uh, women and children here in Gettysburg who had to tend to all the wounded, 5,000 dead horses. It was a horrific place. And tours that really capture the essence of what it was like to live in Gettysburg at that time. And aren't Gettysburg and the Adams County region also known for many flavors of locally produced wines? What are some of the upcoming activities at the wineries and the cider houses? Yeah, we we have a unique agriculture scene here. Uh, it's often overshadowed by the Civil War history, but our our agriculture scene really does a lot with cider and wine, beer, and we have one of the largest apple-growing regions in the United States right here in the countryside of Gettysburg. And because of that, we're able to do a lot of unique blends of wine, cider, and we have a few events that help highlight that, including a Gettysburg Brew Fest and Cider Fest coming up in on August 19th. And then we have the Wine and Music Festival that is held every year uh, the second week of September. So we, we really take a lot of pride in our craft beverages here, and, and uh, we like to, you know, make sure our visitors know about all this great, great flavors here. What's the Adams County Poor Tour? Do we need a passport and are there prizes involved? Yeah, the Poor Tour really brings together all of our craft beverage makers into a trail that has a digital passport. And all people need to do is go to our website, the destinationgettysburg.com, and find the Poor Tour, sign up, and then the more stops they make and the more beverages they try, they can earn prizes along the way. And over five years, we've had several thousand people do the poor tour, and, and it's really a unique way to experience all those craft beverages, whether it be wine, cider, beer, spirits, and, and it's a good complement to the history here. Now, we also have to tell our listeners, if you've never experienced talented musicians performing in a small, intimate environment, you're really in for a treat at Gettysburg. Carl, what's coming up this summer and fall? Yeah, Gettysburg, because we draw so many visitors from around the world, has quite a unique culture that 
really you don't find in you know, a normal town of 7,000 people. But because of that, we have a culture and art scene here, including music, that whether it be live music in the um, taverns around town or the, one of the greatest events coming up the third week of August is our Bluegrass Festival. We get some of the best names in bluegrass right here in Gettysburg. Thousands of people flock to this town to hear that. And we have musical events, whether it be Civil War bands, uh, modern music, bluegrass, uh, country music. It's all over the place here in Gettysburg, and, and it makes it makes this town a lot of fun. We're talking tonight about Gettysburg with Carl Will. The Hickory Bridge Farm restaurant is located in a beautifully restored barn older than the battle itself, but there are plenty of taverns and eateries throughout the Gettysburg area that serve historic and period fare. Tell us which ones history buffs shouldn't miss. Uh, they're, they're everywhere here in Gettysburg, Dan. They, uh, some of the ones that are most notable are the Dobbin House, which is, dates back to the colonial era, um, well before the battle swept through town, and it's one of the most popular places to eat in Gettysburg. And, and I, I also really uh, like the Farnsworth House, and the Farnsworth House has a lot of history. Uh, the the building itself has more than 100 bullet holes from the battle on the side of its building, and it was really a played a big part in the battle. And I think people really enjoy integrating a, a nice meal and the history there. Um, but you can find history um, in a lot of our taverns all the way around town. Chef Joseph Holmes describes the fair at his upscale eatery one weekend as casual comfort, but diners simply call it extraordinary. What else does Gettysburg have for foodies? Yeah, we have a lot of restaurants, and I think one of the things that sets us apart is our connection to the apple that I spoke about. Uh, you know, with 20,000 acres of apples around Gettysburg, a lot of the chefs in these restaurants are integrating the apple into a lot of their uh, menu items, and we do some extraordinary things for a small town, and, and I... I, I Talk that up to the to the unique and diverse visitor base that we we attract, and and it's Gettysburg is really becoming known for its food, and and we have food tours and and different food events, and it's 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 exciting. If people just want to have a picnic while touring the battlefield, can that be arranged? Yeah, there's a few places that you can have a picnic here in Gettysburg, and one of those areas are on the battlefield itself, and you know it's. It's a unique way to really enjoy the, the landscape here. And, of course, it's very historic. The battlefield is very vast, 6,000 acres, but it's also very beautiful. And a lot of people enjoy taking a picnic lunch out and, and just being part of that um, and spending their afternoons um, just enjoying all the, all the beauty around them, the nature, um, and as well as the history. And what is a crop hop trail? The crop top is our our partnership with the the local farms here. We really wanted to put together a trail that would connect our visitors to these amazing farm markets and farms that surround us. So we have a trail similar to our poor tour trail that allows visitors to um, go out and, and go to these farm markets, get get stamps, and earn prizes. And it's been a wonderful thing because. Visitors really enjoy, especially when they're coming from the bigger cities, they really enjoy 
um, coming out and picking their own apples or picking their own blueberries and, and you know, taking a, a really a delicious souvenir home, quite frankly. Gettysburg Recreation Park has sports fields, a skate park, a BMX dirt track, and a playground with lots of room for kids to run and play. No wonder it has a five-star rating. Tell us more, Carl. Yeah, so uh, our, we have a park in the middle of Gettysburg that is really a good retreat for the kids. You know, uh, history is important, but so is fun, and we, we like to have fun here in Gettysburg. So this park really allows kids to run around, have fun, be kids, and uh, it is a spectacular place that our visitors, more and more of them are finding um, and taking advantage of. And Gettysburg is some of Pennsylvania's best mountain bike trails, too. What's the best way to experience those? Well, I think you need to head out to one of our state parks. We're surrounded some, by some amazing uh, Pennsylvania state parks, including Caledonia and Pine Grove State Forest. And it's really a, a great way to, to get in touch with nature here. Um, visitors really want to be active, and we're finding that more and more in Gettysburg that uh, things like hiking and mountain biking, um, running, uh, they're all becoming more popular. So um, my advice is head out, find one of our state parks, and, and bring your bike. It's, it's an amazing place to ride, even on the battlefield. We're talking Gettysburg, Pennsylvania with Carl Whitehill. Now, Carl, many women of the Civil War era found ways to serve the to serve their country didn't involve taking up arms. How does the Wonder Women of Gettysburg Hidden Valor Tour celebrate them? Yeah, you know, women played an extraordinary role here in Gettysburg, and these tours that you speak of are great ways to um, honor these women. Um, some of the greatest stories involve, you know, women stepping up and being nurses and and helping the, the surgeons here. Um, you got to imagine that with 51,000 casualties, that there's a lot of a lot of care that was needed. And most of the men in this town were off fighting in other parts of the country. So most of the, the help was dependent on women and children. And so you had somebody like Elizabeth Thorne. She uh, was the wife of the cemetery caretaker here. And the townspeople turned to her and say, you know, we can't wait. We need to bury these soldiers. And she dug more than 100 graves in the rocky Gettysburg soil, and she was six months pregnant when she did that in, in the summer. And these heroic stories of what these women endured are incredible. And out of 9 million bullets that were fired in this three-day battle, fortunately only one civilian was killed. And it was a woman named Jenny Wade, and she was baking bread for Union soldiers. And a bullet um, accidentally was fired and, and went through the door and hit her, and, and she was our only civilian. And one of the neat things about Jenny Wade is that she's buried up in our local cemetery, and there's a flag that flies on her grave 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And there's only one other woman in the entire country that that's done for, and that's Bessie Roth. So she's in really good company, and these women are really something special here in Gettysburg that visitors have a chance to learn about in addition to all the soldiers who came here. And also located downtown on Baltimore Street, Children of Gettysburg 1863 is Gettysburg's new, 
Gettysburg's new family-friendly interactive adventure for young historians. How do they tell the stories differently of the children, teens, and young adults who lived in Gettysburg during and after the battle? They, they do a really good job of bringing history down to the level of the children who come into the museum. And I, that's important because I think that history can become uh, complicated. It can become boring in some senses for a lot of kids. But the, the people who run that museum are, are very familiar with how to engage children. And they really work with a variety of age levels to make these children feel what it was like to be here in Gettysburg, and so there's a lot of interactive exhibits. I think that's important to engage children, and they tell stories that children can relate to. And so they're not talking about troop movements and, and artillery. They're talking about people, and that's something that we see resonate through a lot of our museums around town. Hmm. And are there spa experiences for visitors after they've been steeped in Gettysburg's history? <laughs> Oh, yeah, of course. You know, it's, um, you know, long after you ride your mountain bike around Gettysburg and, and hike the trails and, and take all your tours and people can relax. We have the Gettysburg Day Spa, and it's really a neat way to just relax, and, and we see a lot of couples doing it. And believe it or not, we see uh, hundreds of, of groups of women of all ages come as friends and and they always love to do the spa. They love to do winery. So it's a great way to unwind, and we love to see that. We're talking Gettysburg okay. tonight with Carl Whitehill. And unfortunately, we only have a couple of minutes left, Carl. One of the most breathtaking scenes is the sunset-gilded, guided, double-decker bus tour of the sun setting over Gettysburg National Military Park and South Mountain. What are some of the highlights there? Oh, Dan, I mean, the, the vistas that you get in Gettysburg and, and the sunset uh, bus tour is a great way to see those sites. Uh, it's just breathtaking to be able to see these 6,000 acres, um, you know, kind of the sun setting down on them and, and the, the monuments that you can see silhouetted by the sunsets. And it's, it's just a great experience, and visitors love um, seeing the battlefield in a different way, a, a little bit, you know, as the night comes to uh, an end. Our guest tonight has been Carl Whitehill, Vice President of Destination Gettysburg. Thank you for being our guest. And how do listeners learn more about Gettysburg online? Oh, they go to destinationgettysburg.com, and we have all the information they need to know, including all of our events and our poor tour and crop hop, and it's a great way to get started planning. And speaking personally, as someone who's been to Gettysburg and really enjoyed it, I totally recommend that all of our listeners of Travel Witch Radio make time for Gettysburg, whether now or in November or anytime. Gettysburg is a great destination. So thank you to Carl Whitehill. And now that the baseball season has passed a halfway mark, there's nothing better for off days or rain delays than a good baseball book. Like my latest, Baseball's Memorable Misses, an unabashed look at the game's craziest zeros. The funniest and most unusual baseball book of the year, it's an illustrated and entertaining paperback, just $14.99 at your bookstore and even less from Amazon.com. Sandy Koufax is on the cover. Such a deal. Get it tonight. And that's it for this edition of Travel It's Radio. Next week, same time, same stations, we'll talk about Florida's sports coast. 
And then on July 20th, we'll remember the Alamo. And thank you very much to Mary Ellen Newton-Lee for drafting the script for Gettysburg. Great job. Really appreciate it. Now, this is Dan Schlossberg, along with Mary Ellen Newton-Lee, saying thank you for your time this time. Until next time, good night and stay safe. Thank you.